Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I am your host, Matt Rossi. With me this week are my two fantabulous co-hosts, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. Hey, guys. Hi. I'm trying to get my computer to open the email, so in the meantime, (laughs) while I'm trying to get it to do that thing... Oh, there, it did it. It did it behind me. Tricky, tricky program. (laughs) We were just talking about artificial intelligence, and you've just decided to spite me. So, yeah, while that's happening, what have you all been doing? Uh, Baldur's Gate, breaking Baldur's Gate, finding new things in yeah. Baldur's Gate, uh, and uh, building a deck that I, uh, for magic. That's a you know my favorite character in Magic, riding a giant demon frog. Because why not? Indeed, Liz. I was trying to log on this morning to do to try out the Alamdor Grand Prix, but uh, my timing was off and downtime today, so I haven't played it. But I did too. Other than that, uh, I'm still I'm still stuck on Diablo. I haven't made a lot of progress, but I'm like chipping away at the new season. Yeah, I I've had my issues with the season, mm. uh, which is why one of the things I mentioned um, in our email, the heading thing up front, where we tell people stuff. In fact, let's just talk about that stuff now, rather than having <laughs> let's just talk about, about stuff. Uh, so yeah, first off, a couple of things from Diablo Four I want to mention. I should actually really fast throw in the usual. The Amazon Prime gaming stuff that you can get. The the uh, Silver Pig is up from Amazon Priming, Prime if you've got a WoW account. It's the Silver Pig uh, non-combat pet until next Wednesday, which is August 23rd. August is nearly over. Ah! Um, I don't know how that happened. It, it just happening. happened. Yeah. These months just keep happening. Oh, my God. Uh. Also, uh, over tomorrow, as you're listening, if you're listening to us live over tomorrow, if you're listening to us recorded sometime earlier this week, the... Uh, Overwatch Reinhardt conductor skin uh, went away. It was going till August sixteenth for Overwatch two. So but you know, I, there you go. I will say they usually come up with a new skin like shortly after or immediately after one goes away. So if you're listening to this after it's gone, there's probably something new there. Yeah, probably. Uh, there's also the uh, the epic card that they've been giving you for Hearthstone. That's available until the twenty second of August, uh, which is again next week. Which is also really close. I don't. How did that happen? I don't know. It keeps happening. It's very irritating. I just bear. Although on the other hand, if it didn't keep happening, I would forever be waiting for games to come out that never would. <laughs> so That's it's, true. It's, That's it's, true. 
it's got good and bad aspects. <laughs> but uh, in addition to all that, you can also get um, four tier skips for the battle pass in Diablo Four using various things. Basically, watching videos on on uh, no, no this is Amazon Prime. This is Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's another Amazon Prime. You just, you just need to it. sign up, connect. Yeah, up, boom, you got it. Uh, that's going until September sixth. So um, the day Baldur's Gate comes out for console. Yeah, hmm. I, I don't know. I I didn't check. I saw that there was a Baldur's Gate thing, but I didn't look at what it was. Uh, more for me. <laughs> but as far as I could tell, I went to Twitch, and there's still no Twitch drops. Uh, yeah. For for any Blizzard games, as of I yet. bet. I bet there will be some when patch 10.1.7 comes out. They seem to to push a lot when patches show up. Yeah, and that's that's this next month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, September. Mm, it's just around the corner. It's in like two weeks. Everything is in just like two weeks. Yep. Continuously in a cycle of next week or the week after. It's constantly. Uh, it, it's, that's uh, September 5th is 10.1.7. Two weeks away, or is that three weeks away? How does time work? It's, I don't know. Uh, it's a little bit more than two weeks because we got two weeks left in uh, August. That's since the fifteenth today. Is, so that probably means it's three weeks. Yeah, it's three weeks. We're we're writers. We're not mathematicians. Yeah, I was just complaining in the pre-show that you know the worst thing about Dungeons and Dragons was math, and that you know I was upset because if you have a computer running the game, why why can't it do the math for me so I don't have to? Because, you know, I'm one of those people. But regardless of all that, we should point out that one of the things I wanted to talk about the most is because I thought it was fascinating. Um, Diablo 3, uh, their season 29 PTR is up. It's up as of today, and it will be for the next two weeks. And I was not expecting this significant a season for Diablo 3. <laughs> I, maybe I should have. Maybe I should have realized that they were going to continue. Like season 28 was huge. Yeah. They surprised us last season with just a yeah. huge content dump. So, yeah. Uh. So I was, like, I was like somewhat surprised that in season 29, not only are we getting like a, a new mechanic of sorts, um, we're also getting a revamp of the uh, Paragon system where they put a Paragon cap in. That's now like a ceiling where it's, it's 800 Paragon levels. Um, some people are going to be annoyed. Uh, some people are going to be like, you know, okay, it didn't really affect me anyway. But it's still interesting to see them do it. And they changed the way it works so that you can only put 200 points in each of the various categories. Uh, like there's the offense, defense, uh, utility, and I always forget the fourth one. But there's four of them. And you, it used to be that like you'd get, you could get, basically you could get points in them until you'd filled all four things in, in a category. And then there would be two, there were two categories that just never could be filled because they were like strength and constitution or dexterity or intellect or what have you. They were whatever your main primary attacking you know, ability was and, and stamina so you didn't die. Um, and now they've decided, no, we're not doing any of that. Instead, there are still four things within a category, but you can put 200 points in any one of those things, each of those four things, you can go up to 200 in it, but you can only put 200 points in the entire category. Hmm. So you can have like what you could just say, I want to just front load um, gold find and put gold find 200 points in gold find, or you could put like 75 points in gold find 25 points in something else. And then like 50 into others, you can decide where you're going to put these, but the, the hard limit, for a stat is 200 and the hard limit for a category is 200 hmm. and there's 800 total points. 
And this is, of course, just on the PTR. They haven't decided how they're going to implement it when it goes live. That's the whole point of testing it. They want to see if it works or if it's it's too regressive or what ha- repressive or what have you. I just find this fascinating that they decided to do this now, like a, ma- a major Paragon revamp. I mean, on the one hand, it's probably the best time possible, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like very surprising. Does this feel to y'all more like it feels a little like Ford? four also really limits your paragon you only have so many paragon points there are limits and walls here you can't level forever or get everything you ever wanted yeah i mean it's definitely insp- i definitely feel like the diablo 4 design philosophy has leached back into diablo 3 mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, but i was we I kind was of i mean we, we kind of talked about that before that seems like that was always going to happen well it, season 28 very much felt like it was diablo 4 inspired like the way that it was the the special talents and abilities you could get with the new system it felt like another paragon system so it's not tremendously surprising to me that they're they're doing this i am surprised that they didn't just make that system permanent Hmm. you know but they didn't as far as i know it's it's not returning in diablo uh, season 29 the interesting thing though for me is that diablo 3 is is getting still as much development time as it is with diablo 4 out and I'm curious, I'm wondering how many people are still playing Diablo 3 that aren't going to Diablo 4. I right? think at least some people are because... Oh, there, there has to be. There has to be a significant number. Well, the other thing is that they also have introduced in this season something um, called Solo Self-Found Mode, which is when you start a seasonal character, you can make that character hardcore or non-hardcore, or you can make that character solo self-found and hardcore or just solo self-found or just hardcore. And if you make them solo self-found, you can't group. Like, you are playing this game solo. You, there are no... You okay. can't group up with anybody. Um, you can't form a party. You can't do any group activities. You are playing the game alone. And it's specifically for season characters. Uh, I think in part because it just wouldn't really work for non-season mm-hmm. characters. Uh, but yeah, it, this basically... I think it's... It, they even say it's one of the reasons that they're introducing the changes they are. Is because they want the game... This they want there to be challenge for players who are going into it doing just the solo season play, hmm. um, and it is it's it's odd for Diablo, but I it really shouldn't be because I mean when I played the original Diablo and Diablo two I played them entirely alone I never even thought yeah. about grouping with people yeah but I've gotten so used to grouping with people in Diablo that mm-hmm. I sort of forgot that that ever existed and now <laughs> suddenly they're reminding me there's even going to be a different leaderboard just for people playing solo self found. Uh, I don't know why it's called Solo Self Found. Quite frankly, that's a weird name. They they should come up with a different name for it. But yeah, it, it's got its own leaderboard. It's got you know no group activities. It's it's basically I don't want to say it's turning Diablo three into a roguelite because I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. But it definitely feels inspired by games like Hades um, or Dead Cells. Maybe Dead Cells more than Hades. Quite frankly, no. I, this, this feels like Hades. This feels like Hades Heat Runs. Like where you can up the difficulty and, but you're, you know, basically by yourself, you can, which can include like turning off boons and things like that. This feels, this feels in line with that. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. But yeah, that's, that's all going on for, for Diablo so, 3 season. What MMA. about, yeah. What about the season theme? We. It's so interesting because what happens is starting at level one, when you're out in the world, killing demons, as you kill demons, the demons, like for lack of a better word, evil juice gets everywhere <laughs> and corrupts the land. And if enough, you kill enough demonic things, there's a chance for a di- diabolical fissure to spawn. And that basically takes you into a 
another plane of existence, like a, a realm called the vision of enmity. I can never pronounce enmity. Is it enmity or enmity? I know it's pronounced, it's spelled enmity. So, but I, my brain doesn't want to pronounce that, but you go to that, to that realm and you basically fight even more, even harder demons because there's a, there's multiple affixes. I don't know if all three affixes applied at once or not, but there's the enverating affix, which creates an area of effect around the monster that reduces the player's uh, movement speed by 65% and cooldown reduction by 50% of the player is in the vicinity of the monster. Necrotic, the player's healing is reduced by 65%. Monsters have a damage over time effect that deals 180% of the player's maximum health over 30 seconds. This effect is removed if the player is healed above 95%. And resource leech, hitting a player removes 65% of their maximum resource. You were talking about Diablo 4? Mm-hmm. That's Diablo 4. Does does um, that sound a little bit like Malignant, where you find yeah. it, kill mm-hmm. these corrupted things, and then you find a Malignant, and you kill it, and then you have to cage its heart and kill another more difficult one? It's similar to that, except in this case, you go into this weird realm, so it's kind of like the... the I, I don't remember the word that we used. Malignant. The malignant tunnels. It's like the malignant <laughs> tunnels, except here's the weird part about diabolical fissures, which also, by the way, sounds like something bad that you're getting told about. By yeah. Your yeah. Yeah. But when you're in the fissure killing demons, they can spawn another fissure inside the fissure. <laughs> so you, you can just keep going to new realms. It's very much like a, a, a Nephilim or, or greater. It's like a Nephilim rift, but without, like the the knowing for sure when it will happen it's just random like like oh i killed enough demons boom there's another fisher i get to go into that one and you're basically just doing this continuously Hmm. it's like wow this is weird and the idea that you could basically be like 10 visions deep it's like how do i get out of here do i (laughs) like you know do i do i just go home like what town portal like what do i do is there a way out does this thing finish at some point or do i just keep going you know we're now 20 we're now 20 fishers deep can they continue <laughs> um so yeah that's 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 the mechanic that's the uh the theme in action so to speak interesting and it's just like this is a lot for season 29 of the previous diablo game you know what i mean <laughs> like it, it almost feels as thought out if not more thought out than Diablo 4 season one was. And that's surprising to me. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about season one. I feel a little underwhelmed. I, uh, I, I am definitely underwhelmed. Yeah. I think, I think season one is fine. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with season one is that Blizzard has taken, uh, Blizzard has created this magnificent single player story driven RPG. I know it's a multiplayer, a shared persistent universe, but it has this single player story campaign where you go through it and it feels it's a really hard hitting story. It's a great story. And as you're playing through that campaign, you play most of it alone. You play most of it in instanced content with these story moments. And now in a season, you're starting a whole new character and everyone's treating you like you're some giant hero because you finished the campaign on your other character. And it just feels weird. It feels weird. Blizzard is trying to cram Diablo three seasons into a completely different style of game. Diablo 4 is no- almost nothing like Diablo 3. This game is such a departure for the Diablo universe because of this big story-driven campaign 
with it's I think it's an astounding Diablo game, but it's so different. And they've taken for seasons, they've just cut and paste from Diablo three and it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And I think I think I agree with you. And I'm fine with the idea of having seasons in Diablo four. Like, obviously, like, even though it's a different type of game, like the concept is fine. But the execution is, it's lacking quite a bit because it's not taking into consideration the fact that it is a different game. I agree with you. It feels like they are trying to make the Diablo 3 seasons work in Diablo 4 more than they're trying to make a pure Diablo mm-hmm. 4 season system, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think a part of the problem there, to, to, to piggyback off what you're saying, uh, the problem I have with it at least is that they did that without really considering... Like they made the story thing not part of the regular. You don't get any of the story stuff if you're mm-hmm. not playing the season, and the story stuff itself is actually not bad. Yeah, and it's yeah. even thematically tied into what's going on. Yeah, so it should be in this in the regular non-season. That's, you should still be able to see those quests. That's what sort of ticked me off a little bit about it was like the fact one that it's a, a completely separate character that you have to make for it, which in this style of game seems weird. But to yeah. like the fact that it has some decent story, but it forces you to sort of remove your main character from that to get it done. It just it feels weird. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it, that is the problem there. But um, whether or not we think there's a problem there, it is still surprising to see this much work going to season 29, especially when we were told they were pretty much done in development, that they were going to go into kind of a maintenance mode. If this is their idea of a maintenance mode. Well, um. We have been told that season 29 is their last season where it's going to be a brand new original thing. I think all of us looked at season 28 and thought, wow, this is so big. There's so much going on here. They've added so much. This is like the swan song. This is the season they're going out with. But actually, it's season 29 is kind of the swan song. This is what they're going out with. This is their last big season. And Diablo 3 will continue to have seasons, but they're going to be remakes. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to do reruns, they're going to do old seasons, or they're going to mix up season themes. So it's going to keep going. There are going to still be interesting things, maybe some old favorites like Treasure Goblins. Um, yeah, if they could basically just put Treasure Goblins in every all the time, and I, I would be just, completely happy. Just quadruple Treasure Goblins. That's the season. That's it. Um, but so this is going to be the last big season. This is this is kind of the big bang before before they they really do go into maintenance. I think that's after this we're hitting maintenance mode for real i don't know i'm just getting the feeling like they'll do that and then you know so season 30 <laughs> a bunch of a bunch more stuff and like you know guys are you ever gonna actually do maintenance mode or are you just gonna course, keep teasing us with it of course that actually maybe that depends maybe if they get a bazillion players super excited about season 29 they're gonna be like huh maybe we should put some development time into season 30 what I mean, they should do is put the Nephilim in, in Diablo 4. I want to know what happened to them. <laughs> Diablo 3 is still a very different game from Diablo oh, yeah, 4. Absolutely. And I, and I think your point about the, the, the way that Diablo 4 is... You didn't say these words, but I'm going to say them. Diablo 4 <laughs> is a much more comprehensive story mm-hmm. than Diablo 3. And it's one tinged with loss and regret. And I believe one of the things that both you and Joe were saying that is that Sanctuary really feels like a realized character in Diablo mm-hmm. four. And I feel like that's one of the biggest problems I have with the season in Diablo four is that it doesn't capitalize on that. Mm. I like mean, I, it, 
feel like it really should have been the focus. It kind of tries to with, I mean, there's certainly a pathos to Corman's story, but it doesn't feel all encompassing. Like in the original story campaign, it's this threat that is looming coming in from you from all sides. And it doesn't, it doesn't have that weight. So I think the season has failed. It's hard to say failed because I think it's, it's perfectly acceptable content for what it is. But in a way, it has failed because both it doesn't hit hard enough on the story element. It has these story elements that are supposed to be a significant draw to the season because you can't play them anywhere else at any other time. The season's going to end mid-October, and after that, these are gone! Unless they change their mind and add them to the, to the main game, but these should be gone after that. And so it hasn't, it doesn't have a story that is hard-hitting enough to feel like Diablo 4. And yeah, also, it does definitely have that disconnect. It almost feels, it doesn't even necessarily feel like Diablo 3 seasons to me. It feels like they took Diablo 3 seasons and tried to make them Diablo 2 latter seasons. And mm, instead, what yeah. you have is not anything. But I, I, when I'm saying these things, it's not that like I think it's bad and I don't hate it. I'm just not as excited by it as I wanted to. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's weird. One of the, one of the real things, that, real problems I've had with season one is that I go in and play, and I'm playing a, a necromancer. I was playing a, originally, I'm playing another necromancer who's, I'm kind of trying to be different, but I log on and play, and I find that I, wow, I really wish I were playing my original necromancer mm-hmm. because I still have levels to get, I still have gear I want to get. I was getting this super weird build that was based on barrier generation, just needed to find a specific legendary that boosted my damage when I when I had barrier and it was going to be insane. I was so close, but instead I'm playing a new necromancer in a new season who has no gear, nothing to start with. And like, I haven't had the chance to, to build this character into anything really cool and fun and satisfying. Yeah. It just, I just log on and I'm like, wow, I really wish I were my, my other character, <laughs> but I, but I can't cause I'm doing the seasonal stuff. But well, also actually, I do think, I do think the malignant hearts really neat and they unlock some cool new combinations. Yeah. That's but true. even so, even so I feel like, wow, I wish I could do this with my old character with this very particular set of gear and legendaries and abilities, because that would be neat. It would be neat to add that in, but I can't, I can't unless I collect a whole new set of the same legendaries and uniques and so on and so forth, which uh, I don't know. We also know that they recently the, they've recently patched the game to increase mob density and increase uh, you know things in Nightmare to make it more fun to try and level. And I, I, I included an article from IGN talking about the Domhain tunnels in uh, in Skazglen, or as the players who are using them are calling them, the dopamine tunnels. And apparently, mob density in this one dungeon is so high. And it's it's got a plan that's so suitable for this that people are leveling from like one to forty in two hours. Like you can go in there on a level one character, and you can be level forty within two hours. Uh, hmm. They're just gathering up all the mobs, um, burning them down, going back outside and resetting. And I mean, that's because of changes Blizzard made. Blizzard Blizzard are the ones who who made the changes um, recently to finish every class, every class got buffed after the, yeah. the, the big nerfing of, of the beginning <laughs> of the season. And I don't, I, this isn't a me going, this is just to be stopped. In, in fact, I'm actually curious what this means in terms of 
the way Diablo 4 leveling works. Because I feel like Diablo 4 leveling, it, it is a completely different animal than than any previous Diablo game. I mean, it's definitely the first one. It wasn't This wasn't even a concern for that. Diablo mm-hmm. 2, Diablo 2, just like, its approach to leveling was almost as an afterthought. <laughs> like, you, you played Diablo 2, and then you got to the end, and you saw the story, and now you go back and you play more Diablo 2, you basically play the same stuff over and over again, trying to get that mm-hmm. right. You know, I'm going to kill Bale until he drops the thing I want. Diablo three brought in Paragon, but it brought in Paragon after it had gone from like a six, a level 60 game to a level 70 game with the expansion. And then they brought in, did they have Paragon before the expansion or did they bring it in after? I can honestly I not remember. remember. I can't remember. Yeah, it's after. been, it's, it's literally been a decade. Yeah. It's, so. been, a long time. it's been a long road getting from there to here. Um, yeah. But, our time is finally here, so we should talk about it now. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> I, I didn't. You know, I haven't even watched Enterprise recently. But getting back to it, uh, <laughs> one of the things that I I keep thinking about is like, is this is this basically? I'm just going to ask you guys: Is leveling okay? Hmm. Like, like is leveling in Diablo Four? Does it seem like split up to you? Like, there's a there's a real hard noticeable break between this is fun and I'm doing an easy thing with my friends and oh my god, please just one more level I need to get to sleep. Like, or is this me? Is is this a an old person problem or is this just a I don't have the 27 hours to play this game? No, it is the children who are wrong. Um, I I hate to break it to you. I think we may all be old people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but is that the problem? Like, is that the problem with leveling? <laughs> there, there is a there is a part in leveling where I want to say it was like early forties, maybe mid forties, where it starts to feel extra grindy. Um, but mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. otherwise, I think the leveling experience is it's not bad. It definitely incentivizes you and definitely does the whole thing of player engagement, where it's like, yes, we want you to keep playing the game. But it's tied so much with the story that I kind of wish the love and experience capped when the story was done. Um, yeah. Like, it doesn't. Like, you still have a couple levels to grind out after that and and things to do. Um, it's like it's like the, the main story campaign is designed to sort of span levels 1 through 50. Yes. And there are 50 more levels after that. Yes. Which Yeah, I think it's those levels that feel bolted on to me. Yeah. Like Again, that feels that feels like a Diablo three hits Diablo four thing because Diablo three had a very kind of uh, limited story campaign, in my personal opinion. And you know, you just played the game. You went out and killed demons, killed demons, killed demons, killed this boss, killed that boss, jumped from jumped from thing to thing and did whatever you want. But you're basically just killing demons. So Diablo four has. This killer story campaign levels one to fifty, and then it's like suddenly you jump into Diablo three, where all you're doing is just killing whatever demons that are in front of you, and it feels like a weird mismatch. It was definitely around level fifty that it started to feel like, okay, this is really a slog. This is taking forever, and I'm not getting better gear, and it just felt really exhausting. I was probably like maybe into the seventies before it started feeling good again maybe mid 60s so it took a while to get over that hump yeah, yeah. i think mean, part of it is because they very clearly expected nightmare dungeons mm-hmm. to to be the thing carrying you 
and mm-hmm. they're fun and all, but it took me a real long time to get into Nightmare Dungeons. Mm-hmm. Because as you pointed out, I wasn't getting any better gear for a long time. Well, not only yeah. that, but they don't exactly lay that out, too. Like, Nightmare Dungeons no, no, are not intuitive in, in the slightest. So yeah, like, they're very easy to ignore. Yes, exceptional. Very, very easy to ignore, because you have no idea. Like, it took me a long time to realize all these things I had clogging up my bank were actually <laughs> useful. Like, I could use these things to, to go to Nightmare Dungeons. Like, oh, oh, is that why they exist? Uh, so yeah, I, thing, I don't agree with that. Yeah, the other thing is there is not as much randomness in Diablo 4 as there is in Diablo 3. Are, are y'all feeling the same thing? Because you go to a Diablo, uh, Diablo 4 dungeon and there are like so many templates for the dungeon to have and they follow very specific patterns and, you know, they can be very predictable. They aren't exactly the same over and over again, but they can be real predictable and there are only so many settings. It, I, I do sometimes feel a little tiny bit like I'm playing Dragon Age 2 and I'm going into the same cave over and over and over and over and over. I don't, for me, I also think I noticed is that what you said I have noticed, but I've also noticed that like sometimes you get to the end of a dungeon and you have no idea why that thing is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um, hi, Blood Bishop. Um, it's you again. I didn't know you were involved in this dungeon. Uh, <laughs> it's- there's also a really limited number of bosses. You see the Blood Bishop a lot in a lot of places over and over again. Like, I mean, he's in dungeons that are very tangentially related to the whole Blood Bishoping thing. I, 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 I feel like, dude, I feel like you're just here because they, like, you're, you're on a club and you just, this is your week to be the dungeon guy. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Listen, it's a part of a union. We're not, we, we're not supposed to do, say anything bad about it. They're doing their thing. And it's just his time in the rotation. They have to split it. It's an on-call. It's fine. And there's like some like the 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 Kazra abomination where it's like the this thing is literally like the most generic end boss that Diablo <laughs> 4 has. Diablo 4 has some really cool, weird stuff. Yeah. Like there's some fights. There's some fights that you like when you do them, you're like, wow, this was really weird and crazy. And then there's there's the Kazra abomination. It's like, oh, a big Kazra who's going to poop green stuff on me for this entire fight. Yay. <laughs> He's back. He's the Kazra it, that I didn't want to see again. Like while playing through the campaign, you encountered some really interesting boss encounters and all of them were different. Every one of them was different. Uh, like going in and uh, trying to kill Venard in the beginning, which I felt like was one of the big uh, setbacks when you were first playing you would get to Venard and that's your first kind of really big challenging boss and you had to completely rethink sometimes how you were playing because this was very different. Late game Diablo 4 does not have any of that it's like okay there are a dozen different bosses you might find in a dungeon and there are a dozen different affixes to random it up in a nightmare dungeon but you're doing the same thing over and over with very Little variety, not as much variety as the campaign had by a long shot. And you can't go back and do the campaign. You can't repeat the campaign on a higher difficulty level. Once you're done with the campaign, it's done. It's gone forever. So you can't go back and do that content that was really interesting and compelling again. And that feels, uh, you're right. The last 50 levels feel kind of bolted on. It's just go back and keep playing. But you can't do any of the interesting stuff anymore. No, 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 no. You've already done that. I, I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't even just straight up lifted the bosses from the various yeah. campaign stuff. Like, that would actually, it would work. Some of those yeah. were great encounters. 
Like sh- have Duriel show up again. Why? No reason. We just need something else to fight that isn't a Kazra pooping on you all the time. Or I mean, that float the floating the floating glitch boss with the chains and the walls. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't show up too much, but he shows up enough that I'm like, why are you in a completely different cave halfway <laughs> across the world, man? I just got done fighting you over in the fractured peaks. Now you're in Chaldeum? Like, are you on a, like, are you, are you like, you know, you have a tunnel? How did you get here this fast? <laughs> Is this what you, when I, when I win, do you just immediately run, 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 run till the next dungeon? I mean, seriously, buddy, this is weird. So yeah, I, I, and again, th- these are, this is us talking about stuff we'd like to see improved. It's not necessarily us saying it's bad because it isn't bad. Um, I have put so many hours into Diablo four. It's not even, it's not funny. It's not yeah. funny how much time I put into this game. I, I enjoy it, but yeah. But also, I do think that making the campaign playable again at a higher difficulty level is absolutely a good idea. Like, it would be so much nicer if I could just keep doing the campaign again. Yeah. Yeah. The campaign was so interesting and so fun. And even gameplay wise, a lot of the a lot of the gameplay, a lot of the dungeons, a lot of the encounters were just more interesting than what you get afterwards, which is I will say this though, the Venard fight. Oh my god. You know the part where where um Narel cries out in anguish, "Mother, mm-hmm. I don't want you to die. I am incapable. I am physically incapable of not saying I do." <laughs> but I want you to die. Just so we're clear, I absolutely <laughs> want you to die because I want this fight to stop. Uh-huh. It's it's so rough. It's so rough and it's such a a detailed complicated encounter with multiple phases. We've yeah. seen fights like that in Warcraft. We oh, have yeah, done right. raid encounters like that. We have spent hundreds and hundreds of pulls figuring out raid encounters like that. And, you know, we go back and do it every week. So it feels weird to go into Diablo. It's like, okay, you did that once. You can never, ever see it again. It's gone. It's done. Old news. On on another Diablo 4 related subject, though, since we've kind of talked about the leveling and dopamine tunnels and so forth, uh, they've also, I don't know if it's still stopped, but they had suspended trading as of today because there was a duping exploit that people were had figured out because you know uh game players the second there's a way to break the game and get yourself things you want it's gonna happen ah uh, yes so, i remember sitting in uh sitting in diablo 2 cloning staff of jordans for hours yeah i mean that's you know it, it is just how game players are that um, really is a tale as old as time but one of the things about it that i thought was kind of interesting is that in order to stop it they had to literally suspend all trade like you, you cannot trade stuff to other people in Diablo Four. Um, it's already limited. You can't trade legendaries, and you can't trade unique items. Uh, mm-hmm. But now, with trading stopped entirely, does it actually matter that, that it's stopped? I mean, really, what what do you trade anyway? You don't trade all that much stuff in the game in the first place. I mean, legendaries and and uh, uniques. That's kind of you hit a point in the game, and that's all you care about. And you can't, you already can't trade that stuff. Yeah. So not having the ability to trade now. Okay. Um, it's not like I, the auction house exists in this particular game. Is so. this just, is this just like a gold farm maybe where you're cloning yeah. something that sells for a lot and it was basically wow, I, you're super rich, I guess. Yeah. I, I was basically item in, in gold uh, mm-hmm. stuff, mostly gold stuff. It was basically rare stuff that you can make into legendaries. You know how you can mm-hmm. basically trade up a, yeah. You know, you can do that. So it was the rare stuff that has the stats people want so that mm. they can use yeah. to make them legendary. Yeah, true, true. Uh, but there were also, um, 
I'm not really sure how the the new treasure goblins had to do with it. They mentioned it in the article, but they don't say anything about how it how it worked. Uh, quite frankly, I, I'm not surprised that they don't tell you how it works. You know, writing an article, Blizzard, you know, trading there's a dupe exploit. This is what it is. Is usually not how <laughs> that goes. But regardless, that's something that happened to Diablo for this week. So I figured we should mention it. Uh, at this point, though, we've talked a lot about Diablo. So um, I'd like to mention the fact that Hearthstone Battleground Season Five is is next week. Uh, the 22nd of August. Which, so, it, like they announced this today, <laughs> it's already next week. I'm yeah. I'm actually really hyped for this one. Uh, Battlegrounds is my favorite Hearthstone game mode. We all know that Hearthstone is 10 games in a trench coat. Yeah, it probably more. people and get new people. Yeah. <laughs> this, week, um, this gameplay mode will be the leg. Uh, but yes, Battlegrounds is an auto-battler. It is also completely free-to-play. It's not like you don't need to buy cards, you don't need to have a collection. I I frankly love the way you can jump in and out of Battlegrounds, because with constructed Hearthstone, it's like, okay, there's an expansion and this is really cool, except I still have to collect all the right cards, and then I have to figure out how to build a deck, or I have to find a deck that has cards I have, and so... I like Hearthstone expansions. They're super interesting. They shake the game up. But I really love Hearthstone Battlegrounds because I can just jump in and play and figure it out as I go. I don't need to build a deck. I don't need to... I can just play the game. There's nothing in between me and the game. I go and play the game. And uh, this season is adding something called Anomalies, which at the beginning of the match, there will be a certain anomaly that's present for the match. Uh so they've given us only a few example of what anomalies can be. One of them would be start at 10 gold. Currently, you start at one at uh, not one. You start at three gold, which is just enough to buy your first minion. You get four gold next turn and five gold, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you started at 10 gold, that's going to completely change how your first how your early turns are going to go. You'll be able to faster and matches will be completely different. Uh, one of them is all heroes are Sire Denathrius, which I I would be happy to never see that guy again. But that's also going to completely change the game. Wait, wait, the that would be on both use. sides. And, and th- so it's an eight v eight where you uh, uh, you know you gradually eight eliminate eight, everyone. There's, there's eight players, and every wait, single wait. one of them has Sire no, Denathrius. I, I I said that wrong. There's there's eight players in total, and you match off and match off until there's only one remaining. Okay, so yeah, words. I but, got it. I'm good at this. All, all of the players will have nothing yeah, to start after this. Yeah, hit. yeah. You know, honestly, that probably wouldn't bother me so much if in I don't know why. Ever since I saw Sire Denathrius the first time, I always thought that in an alternate universe he'd be voiced by Tim Curry. <laughs> I could I go mean, with that. I certainly I would have liked him better. A Tim Curry impression. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, the most interesting anomaly they announced though was one that gives that gives the tavern a seventh tier. Currently, there are six tavern tiers. And as you play the game, you buy new tavern tiers. And each tavern tier has better, more powerful minions. So there is one anomaly that will add a tavern tier six, where you can go into and buy all new minions that we've never seen before that are more powerful than anything else in the game. Which, that sounds like a lot to add for what is just a single anomaly in what is apparently going to be a lot of possible anomalies you can you can get into. Um, there are going to be 20 anomalies and uh, it may be increased and they may add them and switch them around. So uh, we'll see. 
I'm really interested in this Tavern Tier 7 and the stuff we're going to get to it. The, the funny thing about Tavern Tier 7 is, like, all of the minions have a number of stars in the upper left corner of the card. And it's like there's the art is designed for six stars to fit there. And so they kind of like added a seventh that's kind of over that's overlapping the border. And it's like, I, I see, I see what you're doing there. I see what you're you're trying real hard to add this to add this visual distinction, and it's doesn't quite work. But a for effort. Someone I'm sorry, I'm st- I'm still thrown about the sire Denathri, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's so much sire Denathrius. Um, but since you mentioned it earlier, Liz, I want to move into talking about uh, dragon riding and Kalimdor, and how you can now dra- dra- you can now ride your dragon in Kalimdor. I know you've been able to ride dragons in Kalimdor before, but this is when it actually uses dragon riding. It's not just right, a, right. So totally unique dragon. That started today. Uh, I haven't played it. Um, quite frankly, I haven't had time to play World of Warcraft. What with all the other games I'm trying to play, uh, Diablo Four, Baldur's Gate, Cyberpunk. Uh, you know, writing up Pathfinder campaign. It, it just yeah, I, I'm, I haven't had time yet. And you just said you hadn't gotten the time to do it yet. You, you guys are raiding tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah. Kinda. So you'll probably be online by tomorrow to do it, right? I hope so. I might, uh, I might try it afterwards, but uh, I might play Diablo Four, and I might just go do nothing. Sometimes it's nice to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I am, I am curious to see how this works because, as I've said before, I think this is a a, a step into getting dragon riding after dragon uh, dragon flight is over. Like I think they, you know, they're going to make dragon riding work in other places. So I'm I'm curious for that. I'm also curious, like you know, as you pointed out, um, I think it was you, Liz, but it might have been Joe. You've just fused into a two-headed ogre in my head. It's, <laughs> it's Liz, Joe, Joe, Liz, Joe, Liz. No, Liz, Joe, Liz, Joe makes more sense. Um, but like the idea that Calendor wasn't designed to have dragon riding on it. Yeah. So yeah, that was me. Yeah, you'd you'd have to come up with uh, ways to make it work within that that um. Malu within the, the, the places in Kalimdor you're flying to. Do we know like what the track is yet? Like, I mean, I mean, obviously we do. People have gotten to play it. Do anyone, does anyone here know what the track is? Um, we, there are lots of them. There are a bunch of yeah. them all over the world. I need to actually find the post we did about them. Um, this is us. Uh, I love when Joe was basically sitting and going, I'm going to have to cut more dead air out. <laughs> I have yeah. algorithms. It's fine. Ah, well, that's that's good. That's good. Algorithms, the cause of and solution to all of our problems. Okay, oh, I've got the thing in front of me here. It's Fellwood Flyover in Fellwood, Nordrasil Spiral and Hygel Hotfoot in Mount Hygel, Rocketway Ride in Ashara, Durotar Tour in Durotar, which makes sense. Really, why would you be doing the Durotar Tour <laughs> somewhere else? Um, the Desolus Drift, again in Desolus, uh, Razorfen Roundabout in the Southern Barrens, uh, Feralos Ruins Rumble, uh, Ramble, sorry, in Feralos, Oldham Tour, Oldham, uh, Ashenvale Am- Ambit, really Ambit? Okay, that's a ghost in Ashenvale. The Winter w- Wander is in Winter Spring. At least it's not the Winter Spring Wander. Uh, the Webwind Weave in Stone Talon Mountains. God, that reminds me of being like level seventeen in Stone Talon, like back in the day. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? My God, that was almost visceral. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Great Divide Dive in the Northern Barrens. Thousand Needles Thread, uh, that's in, in uh, you know, Gadget Zan. No, no, Thousand Needles. Uh, the Encourage Circuit in the outdoor version of Encourage south of Selethus, and the Ungoro Crater Circuit in Ungoro Crater. Those are the I, races. That... Go ahead. 
I'm interested in this Anchorage circuit. I that seems like a really interesting setting to uh, because there's no trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there are no trees, be- but there will probably be like ancient ruins to dodge around and under. They they love that stuff. I was actually thinking that because you know ever since they made um, the Cataclysm revamp and they they actually put an outdoor mm-hmm. version of Anchorage, you can literally go in there and ride around in it mm-hmm. like, right mm-hmm. now. And obviously now you can race above it. I'm just wondering, like, you know, how much how much use they made of like the spires and so forth. That is pretty cool. I'm also kind of curious about the Ungoro Crater Circuit. Yeah, Thousand Needles could be really fun too. It, like dodging between all of those columns over the water, maybe under the water. I mean, is that a thing that could be possible? It just seems like know. there's some interesting obstacles that they could throw at you. Yeah, it, it is definitely a. I miss old thousand needles. I don't like the water being there, but you know, I'm an old, I'm an old, old folk. So I, I still call the current edition of Orgrimmar new Orgrimmar and I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it because, um, I just, it looks really, it looks like a, like someone decided to steal dwarven architecture, but I don't know, ran it through the Brundlefly machine with like a ball of spikes or something. Cause it's just spiky everywhere. And it doesn't look the way I, I imagine orcish stuff to look. It looks very Tolkien orc. Hmm. Uh, whereas I got yes. an orc look from like, you know, from Warcraft three and work world of Warcraft's, you know, first few years, I had gotten a sense of orcish construction as being very tribal and bone and wood related and not all this grayish rock and iron everywhere so yeah i'm not a i'm not like i don't hate it but i don't like it i hate it i hate yeah. it i'm on record i hate it i hate new orgrimmar even though it's been around longer than old orgrimmar at this point yeah, and then, i'm very sad very sad but in addition to that um i think at this point uh in, unless there's something else, I usually forget some things, and Liz has to throw them at me later. So if actually, I I read the email and I did not have anything to add. To it. Wow. I really did not. I know. Dang. I'm 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 actually pretty impressed with myself right now. I'm, I'm giving myself a, a slight out of my it's back. It's an excellent job keeping track on all of the crap that's been going on because it's on stop with new things. Yeah, I didn't want to forget this one um, because we we had our our own Annabelle wrote. Uh, Wrote it up pretty, pretty, pretty comprehensively, but they're bringing account progression back into Overwatch. With Overwatch Two is now going to have an account pro- pro- progression feature, except it's more like seventeen account progression features in a hat. <laughs> like I, I don't know how else to explain this. Like reading this article made me tired. <laughs> like you know, did, did you guys read it? Like Liz obviously Liz read it at some point. I mean, uh, you know, actually, I do not read all the articles. Site. I read the ones I edit, but that's not necessarily all of them. Uh, but I did edit this one, so um, I mean, it feels it feels a little more like achievements, and you're earning things as you progress, and you like ah, oh, you do this achievement, maybe you get uh, a thing. Wow, I'm explaining this really badly. You can tell my limited enthusiasm for Overwatch. I I enjoy achievements in video games. I enjoy collecting rewards. I enjoy filling the little bar. That's the thing that every game wants to push you to do. You fill the little bar, you do this 12 times, and you fill the bar, and you get an achievement, and it feels good. It goes ding, and you're really excited, and you want to do it again. That's what this feels like. We've tacked, we've, I mean, Anna was calling it progression, and it is, but it's, it feels like achievements to me, which isn't bad, but it's not, 
it's definitely not like the character progression that we were originally promised for the uh, PVE stuff. That uh, I honestly, I'm going to say right too. now, I'm going to say this. Um, even though they had perfectly good reasons for not doing mm-hmm. what they were originally talked about doing, I feel like in in like a few years, there's going to be some kind of like special about Overwatch, and someone's going to ask somebody who was working there and go, "Yeah, we never recovered from the player, you know, backlash to us not having done that because people are not letting it go." And I'm not saying this is someone who's let it go. Uh, I have not, but I feel like that's going to be like really disheartening as a you know when you're trying to make a game that you keep having to try to compete with the ghost of the game you didn't make. Yeah. And I mean, in, th- in this case, a lot of people wanted that game that you didn't make. And it's, and it's really kind of hard. Like they bring this back, which is something people probably really wanted before, but now people like this isn't character progression. Mm. So yeah, it is fascinating to see how that thing just keeps lingering there. And the thing is, I mean, Overwatch developers, they aren't bad people. It's not like they're trying to make a bad game or they're going out of their way to make a game that we don't want. They're all there working hard to make the best game they can. And that's not the game that the marketing people sold to us. Yeah, I think that's not their fault. It's also possibly not the game that got decided to be made by the uh, the people that are making the decisions. Yeah, Yeah, because the people who are making decisions changed radically. mm -hmm, Like, you know, mm -hmm. like people who are currently making decisions that Overwatch. You know, are not the people who were doing so back in 2019 when they made a lot of promises. Uh, so, yeah, um, yeah. It, it is fascinating to think about, like, how how the whole, you know, world descending into madness is, has lingering effects on Overwatch. Uh, yeah. Kind of like a objective correlative for that whole Omnic thing that they keep talking about. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do. I am not a big achievement person. So it's it's probably not a surprise that I'm like, uh, yeah, come back to me when I can come back to me when you finally release the pen and paper role-playing game for this. So I can just <laughs> play that. Uh, cause man, I, I sometimes, okay. You want to hear my shameful secret? Okay. I actually wrote a 20, a 20 page overwatch, uh, splat book, uh, for the here, the mutants and masterminds system like two years ago. Uh, it's laying around here somewhere in one of these folders. I actually have rules for like how to, you know, the whole thing. I just, it's, it's really depressing to admit this. I, I, I don't see why that's a bad thing. I, Overwatch is so great. It has such a great story. Well, and, you, the reason I did it was because we did that Mass Effect thing. Yeah. And I was thinking I could run an Overwatch game at some point. Uh-huh. But then, you know, it didn't happen because other things. Yeah, there's always things like happening. That's life. Other things happening. Regardless, mm-hmm. uh, that is happening in Overwatch. So, yeah, we have now mentioned it. And uh, what time is it? Oh, wow. It's, <laughs> we got through that much time. We've almost burned mm-hmm. through the entire podcast and like 70% was talking about Diablo. Oh, my God. I should have remembered. <laughs> Thank God we can't talk about Baldur's Gate 3 on this show <laughs> because I, like, it would be 9 p.m. It would be 9 p.m. right now. Um, okay, I'm going to do at least one question. So okay, I'm, yeah, I'm going to skip. Yeah. The, I'm going to skip the usual question intro. We'll get the, all that stuff at the end when we make Joe do the thing because yeah, we've got uh, we got a few questions here, and I want to get at least one of them. What is your favorite heel turn? This one is from Tetsemi, by the way. Uh, what is your favorite heel turn in any game, and what is your favorite sequel slash expansion in a game? I think we did this before, didn't we? Think so. So I'm going to skip it. Sorry. <laughs> I felt like uh, we'd done it before when I started reading it. So I'm going to read this one because this is the one I actually stole from Lore Watch, but I stole because Liz is only here for Blizzard Watch. Liz is not on our Lore Watches. So 
Except for like the big four part Diablo. After finishing the Diablo 4 campaign, I've concluded that Lilith and Elizabeth Sobek of the Horizon series have a lot in common. Both see a world headed toward destruction and decided that sacrificing the majority of humanity is the only way to save even a fraction of it. While Sobek's goals are admittedly much more benign than Lilith's, both use cold, ruthless methods to get the job done. Your thoughts? Only slightly tongue-in-cheek. Belak of Dragonblight. I Uh, love this question. I love this. This is a great question. I'd never thought about this, but it's great. Um, yes! Yes! This is... This is, in a way, the same thing. Because Lilith is like, the lords of hell are coming. We, We have heard that line. We hear that line over and over. The lords of hell are coming, and we need to be ready. We need to be ready to stand against them. And if I have to wipe out half of humanity... In order for the other half to be strong and ready to go, I am going to do that. And, of course, Elizabeth Sobek. Um, spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, yeah, now you know. Spoilers. Um, she came up with this plan that it's like, okay, humanity cannot be saved. It cannot be saved. All we can do is make it possible for future generations to be saved. We are all dead but future generations might still be saved with this plan. And she literally, you know, there's this huge military buildup where they are telling everyone, hey, it's going to be okay. You're fighting off these killer robots that are here to destroy us all. You're going to stop them. And all these people are doing is buying time for them to finish Zero Dawn, which is basically just preserving genetic material that will later be cloned and become new generations of humans. It's it's pretty dark. It's pretty brutal. And the big difference here is that Lilith is presented as a villain in Diablo. She's set up as a villain. She's set up as the bad guy. We are the people chasing after her. Everyone around us thinks she's a villain. And it's but it's kind of set dressing, right? This is this is how it's framed. In in uh, Horizon, we follow Elizabeth Sobek's story, and we're. It's much more sympathetic. It's definitely showing her as a savior of humanity who is, you know, forced to make this hard and terrible choice in order to do it. Whereas Lilith, it's like, okay, she's saying this is what we need to do, but do we trust Lilith? Look at what Lilith is doing. It's all this bad stuff. She's killing all of these humans. All of these people are dying. Look at Lilith's corruption spreading. This is terrible. But, you know, Elizabeth Sobek was also pushing everyone into this massive global war where she knew everyone was going to die, every last person. And so, yeah, what is the difference? The difference is framing. I was, well, I was going to say the difference is perspective and timing. Like, true, so maybe, maybe, that, maybe that is the framing, but like the difference between the two of them is in Horizon, you are discovering what happened that what has already transpired so you Mm -hmm. can look at it from a different lens because you can look at it from okay here's where we are here's how we got there and here's why we got there whereas Mm -hmm. with diablo when we look at the past uh it's not good it's all terrible (laughs) like there's a lot of there's a lot of bad stuff happening but lilith is this featured character who's only moving forward and their motivations aren't known like and at the time elizabeth sobeck's motivations weren't known Mm. and we have the benefit of knowing what those motivations were afterwards and looking at everything that she did through that lens 
where we don't have that with Lilith. Lilith is moving forward, and there's a lot of death, a lot of destruction, there's a lot of horribleness in her wake. But think about the people that were living through those global wars that Elizabeth Sobeck was pushing everybody towards. How did the average person feel? Did they feel hope? Did they feel hopeless? Did they feel like they had no control over anything and were living in despair and under the dark thumb of some uh, giant boogeyman? Because they kind of were. Uh, There's a lot of similarities where, you know, we are in that moment currently with everything that's happening in Diablo 4. So they are not dissimilar. It's just perspective and how you how you get to look at each character's actions that I think really tells the difference. I suppose one big thing is we, in looking back at the history of Sobek, we know what her motivations were. We have mm-hmm. a good idea of what was. We know the end goal. We don't know Lilith's goal. Yep, we don't exactly. Know. We can make guesses. We can make a lot of guesses, but we don't know. We don't know for sure. We don't know the end game of anyone here. I feel like you guys are leaving out another pretty major difference, though. Hmm. It was just so it didn't have uh, giant, giant horns and giant wings and wasn't no, born no, with no, the no, blood? No, 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 no. Look at the antagonists Lilith has versus the antagonists that Elizabeth Sobek had to deal with. Uh, Elizabeth Sobek obviously had the, you know, the, the Pharaoh plague to deal with, but they weren't, they were more like a natural disaster. Hmm. But there's the person that caused them, Ted Pharaoh. That guy. Ted he... Farrow is the worst person who ever existed. And he started off like, it's actually really funny. As soon as I saw this question, I started thinking about Inarius and hmm. Ted Farrow, how both of them start off as these somewhat noble figures. Ted Farrow is known as the man who saved the world. That was what they called him from the 2040s to like, you know, 2060s when oopsie, his killer robots that he made that could could absorb biomatter to keep him going. Oh my God. Uh, just, I, I liked the scene. You finally get to see like two, three, two thirds of the way through the game where you find the, the recording of when he calls Elizabeth in, she's like, she left the company like a decade earlier and started her own. Cause she just tired of working for him and he calls her in and he, he reveals to her just how bad things actually are. And she's like, like her, you could see her sitting there with it. Like, because it's in the the video, you see her, she's, she's recreated. And then she goes, this is what we're going to do. You're going to give me everything. You're going to give me carte blanche. And if you don't, I'm going to go, the next place I go is going to be to NORAD to tell them what you've done. And he goes, she's, you know, he's like, goes, you don't have to, you don't have to threaten me. And, and she's like, the, the look on her recreated face, you actually get to see it. It's, it's blue and pixelated but you get to see it she looks at him like if if i didn't need you i would kill you for this because you have doomed us and you realize she knows in that exact moment she knows that they she cannot save the world she can only create a way to recreate it like she can make a crash but she can't save the people that are there now or the plants, or the animals. Nothing alive on the earth at that moment. She can't save any of it. And she knows in that moment. He doesn't even understand it. He does not realize what he's done. And it's just fascinating to me. Because it's very much like Anarius sitting on his chair, going, well, why don't we have a discussion about the Nephilim? We can talk about it and come up with a... Meanwhile, Lilith is out killing all the others because she's absolutely not going to let them kill the Nephilim. You know what I mean? Like it, it, It is a fascinating thing. I don't think they are as similar as you guys are making them sound. I think that there's a difference 
and one of the differences is that Elizabeth Sobeck sacrifices herself. She knows she's not going to make it either. You know what I mean? Hmm. Whatever Lilith's plan is, Lilith is going to be around at the end of it. Hmm. Whereas Elizabeth Sobeck knew full well, I'm not getting out of this. And when the seals weren't right on the last bunker that absolutely had to have them perfect, and they weren't done properly, and the deviation meant that they were going to be discovered, and it was all for nothing, She, wa- while the rest of the people were arguing about what to do, she walked out and sealed it from the outside and walked to her house knowing she was going to die. And that, to me, that's the difference. Yeah. I can't argue with it. But I do think there's a, lot, there's a lot going on that, that's very similar in these two things. And that's why I felt like, you know, Joe, I am sorry I stole it, but <laughs> I felt like Liz had to be here for this one. Why were you sorry you stole it? Because it's it was for lore watch. I told I you that up don't front. Don't care. I knew <laughs> it, 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 this needed this needed Liz. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, but one one day we need to do a big Horizon lore watch. Y'all have to play this game so we can do the big Horizon lore watch. Though, well, part two we already did one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Horizon. Yeah, we do have to do another one. But uh, at this point, I am going to have Joe do the thing. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast with a queue, and an ads-free site experience. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Again, although not again, because I didn't do it before. Uh, <laughs> if you have a question for the show, you can use our Discord. We have the patron q and podcast question channel for patrons uh and we love you guys thank you so much for supporting the show and the q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons because you guys can support us in other ways like going to youtube or going to spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast and doing things like recommending it to your friends giving it a positive rating all that kind of cool stuff algorithms are pretty much running our lives right now and you can help us get those algorithms to show our stuff to more people. And that would be great of you. Um, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. On behalf of myself, Joe, and Liz, thank you all very much for being here with us. And we will see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.